Welcome to Real Talk, Real Women Breaking the Silence Around Abuse. I am Gemma Serenity Gorokov, your host, and if you are not subscribed to this channel yet, go immediately to gemmasgem.substack.com. Today, coming from the UK, we have Caroline Parker. She's an exceptional being you want to get to know. And the topic of the day is freeing yourself from abuse. So listen up. Caroline Parker, aka the overcoming queen, and you will see why. She fell into a toxic relationship with a narcissistic younger man while experiencing a mental health crisis in 2002. Being unaware of the signs of domestic abuse, she didn't recognize his behavior towards her as progressive, coercive control. Instead, she put it down to his own mental health challenges and family history. Over three years, the situation escalated to a point where she believed her life was in danger. Yet, it still took her several attempts to leave him. Having started to re-establish a healthier lifestyle, she met her second abuser in 2006. The pattern in this relationship was different, so didn't arouse any suspicion for several months again. There was no physical abuse. However, in other areas, there was an undercurrent of control. Seven years later, in 2013, she finally accepted that things were not going to improve and she instructed him to leave. Caroline is now 63 years old in 2022 and qualified as a chartered physiotherapist in the 1980s. She worked in several NHS hospitals before and in between having her two daughters. She returned to work as a physiotherapy assistant before suffering a nervous breakdown. In 2011, she set up a private care support business as a sole trader that continues today. Caroline's life began, really began to improve when she discovered the power of personal development and having a growth mindset in 2019. The impact these had on her led to the birth of restoring self-belief in the same year set up with that intention of sharing these same tools and strategies with a wider audience through social media and personal coaching. Lockdown due to COVID-19 in 2020 totally changed her modus operandi. Taking an opportunity to write a chapter of a book and record a podcast episode around her abuse journey led her to discover a hidden gift for writing her truth. She now calls herself a heart-led author. Caroline has written about other challenges in her backstory, contributing to a collaborative book, Beautifully Broken, that launched in October 2022, and is excited to announce that her debut memoir, From a Place Called Shame, will be released mid-November 2022. She says, Now I know and love myself. My mission is to turn the trials and taboos I faced in my past into talking points in the present to give others a hope for the future. My intention is to continue to write and speak of these often avoided topics, 
that affect individuals and families and wider communities throughout the world to encourage a greater awareness, understanding, and thereby acceptance of those who often suffer in silence. This is why she joined Real Talk, Real Women, Breaking the Silence Around Abuse. Welcome, Caroline. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you more than we can think of. Thank you. Thank you, Gemma. So, Caroline, we said that you had two different abusive relationships. Can you maybe start with your upbringing? When you were growing up, how was life? How was your parents? How was your relationship? Did you experience any abuse earlier in your life? No, Gemma, I didn't experience any abuse at all uh, as a child. I was adopted at the age of six weeks old, and I had some very loving parents. They didn't really understand me. We were a bit chalk and cheese emotionally, um, but they looked after me as best they could, and they provided for me in every way that I, I could want from a physical point of view. I would say, though, that I never quite felt that I fit in. Um, and when I got older, I found that I was became a bit of a people pleaser I could see looking back maybe why I was um more likely to become a victim later on uh -huh. okay and then in 2003 if I remember right 2002 you met your first abusive relationship mm -hmm. Was that just like absolute love bombing at the beginning, like so amazing, and then it turned bitter? Or was it already weird and you just put up with it? It was a weird scenario, full stop. Um, things haven't been good in my family for a few years. Um, my elder daughter, we didn't know what was wrong with her, but there was something obviously very wrong. Uh, finally, it was diagnosed as having Asperger's syndrome. But her behavior became very erratic. We became very concerned about her. Um, my younger daughter wasn't safe to live at home at one point. So it was a really, really stressful time. And we all dealt with it very differently. I realized that I did uh, have some depression, but I thought I was dealing with it okay. Until one day, um, I basically tried to strangle the dog. Now, when I tried to strangle the dog, I realized, hang on a minute. There's something drastically wrong here with me too. So I contacted the psychiatrist that my doctor was seeing. And I said, look, this has just happened. I'm really scared now. There's something not right with me. And, and he enabled me to be admitted on a voluntary basis to the local psychiatric hospital. So with that kind of background of what was going on, I wasn't thinking straight. Um, I didn't know what was going on. I'd been under extreme stress for a period of time. Um, and this was really odd going into this completely new environment. I'd never been admitted to a place like this before. I was a bit scared by what I saw in there, by some of the behaviors that I witnessed in there. Um, and it was like you sort of lived a separate life. You began to get to know the people in there. You became... To a certain degree, friends, because I was in there for a good six or seven weeks. And I began to um, develop a friendship with this young guy. Um, he was at least 12 years younger than me. He said all the right things. Things hadn't been easy at home from a relationship point of view for a long time. 
I felt very much that my husband and I had dealt with the situation at home like this. We'd both gone our separate ways. And when I tried to talk about it, he he just shut down. He, he doesn't wasn't able to talk about it. So I was feeling frustrated and not loved. Um, and this guy was saying all the right stuff. Now, looking back, it's like, why did you do that? You know, you had a happy family. You've been together for nearly 20 years. You've got your two daughters. Why on earth at this time would you think of just walking away from your marriage and going off with some guy that you mended a psychiatric unit? It made no sense whatsoever. Um, but that's how it started. Um, he left the unit and I left a short while later and I didn't have anywhere to go. I didn't feel I could go back home. At that point, I'd actually taken my wedding ring off and just given it back to my husband and just said, I can't do this anymore. And looking back, when I was writing my story, when I challenged myself and said, but why did you do that? The answer was, I thought it was an escape route. It was, I couldn't deal with the scenario and I had two paths I could go. I either had to get out of this life altogether, which I kind of tried, or... I had to run away and it was my way of running away to what I thought was going to be a happier life. But I didn't really read the small print and I, I didn't foresee what was going to happen. Yes, so one of the truths is that wherever you go, here you are. And if you do not deal with what is really going on in your own emotion, in your own mindset, in your own thoughts, these are coming with you along in any relationship you choose. This is why healing is so important inner wounds healing is so important yeah yeah i understand i understand what you went through thank you for sharing and then you were able to leave that second relationship and start a third one that was abusive again right yes i mean that second one really did spiral i mean i went through stuff on eastenders which i thought only happened on the television i i left a very sheltered life um and i didn't know that nasty things happened to good people um and and it does um so i i experienced all kinds of abuse from him from things being thrown at me i used to wear baked beans i used to wear red wine i used to sport bruises from top to toe i was um you know, but my head was banged against the wall. I was thrown across the room. And yet I still stayed at that point. And it took a very long time and uh, a point where I actually thought I was going to lose my life with him having a knife to my neck before I kind of thought, hang on a minute, there's something not quite right here. But you're, you're correct in saying that having come out of that relationship uh, and started to sort of live independently again, um, I met somebody who was just really very different and it didn't seem abusive at all. In fact, the first six months were fine. There was no, in my mind, no red flags. Though again, looking back, I could see things happen very quickly and he moved in quickly. He told me he loved me quickly. He suggested getting married, although we didn't at that point. But there wasn't any anger. There wasn't any shouting. Um, there wasn't any kind of abuse until one day, out of the blue, I just got a phone call from him and he was just really insistent that I should give him this money. And I said, but why you come home in a couple of hours? Why, why do you need me to, you wanted me to drive up the motorway to a service station and give him 20 pounds. I mean, it wasn't a large amount of money. It was just 20 pounds. So why would somebody do that when they were meant to be coming home only an hour later? 
it didn't make any sense to me. And yet any kind of rational discussion with him was out of the question. He, I didn't know at that time that there was mental health issues in his family um, and he had bipolar. Um, so it just seemed really mad and a bit odd. And then he just got really threatening and just said, right, pack my bags. I'm coming home now. I'm picking them up. And I got very scared very quickly, packed his bags, actually took them to the local police station because I wanted to report what had happened. And I left the bags there in a safe place. And I went to a friend's house that he didn't know where I was because after what had happened previously, and this was suddenly spiraling, spiraling out of control, I thought, oh gosh, you know, what's happening again and why? This is not easy at all because you have to deal with all of that without understanding what is actually going on and dealing with with life and death in front of you all the time, not all the time, but at some specific times. And I understand that that has been a real questioning for you, a threat, a fear, but not clearly what it actually is, mental health issues, borderline and narcissistic abuse and bipolar and all other kind of real mental issues that are really impacting people's lives and all their surroundings. And you didn't know these things and you just went into these relationships as we all do, <laughs> what do we do? And then you are still, you just trapped for a while. I just, that's it. I just wanted the happy ever after having left, um, left the first husband I'm like, in my head, I just wanted to recreate that happy ever after. I just wanted to be happily married and it would be okay. And I was so blinkered, just couldn't see. And even when people were trying to tell me, I wasn't hearing. I just didn't have that understanding. But it seems very odd looking back at me and thinking, well, why? <laughs> why did I do that? Yeah, very interesting. So, Caroline... There is a moment in time when there is a shift, when you start to discover the cross mindset, when you start to discover personal development in a way that allows you to go deeper and to address the root cause of what is hurting you and what is messing up with your entire choice mechanism in your life. What has been that shift that just like woke you up to say, okay, enough is enough. I have to change that now. It came as a total surprise. I had the that last abusive relationship finished in 2013. I had been having various counselling and I've been starting, you know, starting to try and move forwards in my life, but I still didn't know the existence of personal development at that point. And then I joined a network marketing company and suddenly not only did I have a kind of family of people around me, Everybody was so supportive of each other and they were telling me, particularly my line, line manager, no team leader was saying to me, it's coming. It's all to do with mindset. Everything is to do with mindset. And I kind of looked at her and said one day, but what is this mindset thing? I I've really not heard of it. I don't understand what you're saying. So she explained it a little bit. She gave me, um, a podcast to listen to, um, she introduced me to people like Tony Robbins and other 
other people that talk about this thing. And then it was like, oh, that's what you're talking about. And the first, I first discovered affirmations. And affirmations, you'd think I'd been given the birthday present because, hey, I've got something and I put it into practice. And one thing I do do, if I, if I find something new and if I'm doing something new, I really put everything into it. And I put everything into doing these affirmations religiously, you know, every day, saying them out. I still have them written them out of my room. I've got them on my on my covers and my doors. And slowly, slowly, even after a couple of weeks, I could see there was a difference. I could see there was a bit of a shift. And she was telling me she could see that my attitude was changing in the way I was relating to things. And and then it was I was on the right snowball then. I was snowballing not out of control, but back into control. Um and I just discovered all these different different ways of looking at what was happening to me I suddenly began to see all those self-limiting beliefs I could see what those old stories were that I was telling myself and or where they'd come from and and what I needed to do to move forward and change them I guess I didn't know I could change them up to that point or even that they were there and I came across um a, a couple of people that I've worked with either as a coach or a business help and there's just been different people at different times that have helped me do that next part on the journey. Yes, this is so interesting. You know, I can understand you so, so well, because during the second researching, you know that I had, I'm victims over 15 years of domestic violence, written more down rate. And one time five years, one time 10 years. During the second relationship, I started to look for answers. And one of the things that started to come were these affirmations. It was really, really close to the end of the relationship. And suddenly it come like, hey, when you think some things, your thoughts become things. What is that? Is that true? Just try. Don't ask. Just try. And you start to say things to affirm. And it did things change in your life. You change the way you look at things and the things you look at change. Right? Absolutely. That's truly amazing, truly amazing. So now you have created self-restoring belief. Is that right? Restoring, yeah. restoring self-belief. Okay, here's the way you're right. Restoring <laughs> self-belief. Because the belief is one in oneself, in ourselves, is actually the most important one because this is the one that creates you. How do you, how do you experience how do you leave the joy of giving? How do you love what you are doing? How do you love giving to others to restore their self-belief? To begin with, I just wanted to share the tools. The tools that had worked for me, I wanted to share with other people. And I just didn't know quite how to do that. I came across a business coach that helped me set up uh, a Facebook page and a Facebook group. And that's where I began. Very humble beginnings. I didn't even know what the URL was of my Facebook group. I was not techie whatsoever. In fact, my comfort zone for tech was probably that big. Um, but you have to start somewhere. And so lives are doing, doing a Facebook live or anything was really scary to start with. And I thought, I just want to tell people, this is what I've come across. This is what I'm doing, and this is the change in me. And if it can change me, then it can change your life as well. 
and, and I loved it. I mean, I started to get feedback from people saying, you know, thanking me for saying what I'd said and and the effect that it has had on their lives. And, and it started with kind of tiny, tiny beginnings. This is so important. Thank you for sharing that because that gives hope to those who are hiding in plain sight, suffering the same kind of abuse you suffered, or maybe something similar or different. But who just need to know, yes, there is a way out. Yes, you can start your own business. Yes, just get out there, start to share your thoughts, your heart, and your words of hope with people and share them with vulnerability, what you have gone through, because people are going to relate. And when they relate, they know that I can trust you. And then when you have a solution, they follow you. Magic happens. Yes. Yes. It's amazing. Caroline, it is such an honor and a pleasure to hear your story, to hear your words of hope and to really bring the best of people, understanding that you are not responsible for someone else's mental health issues. You are not responsible for someone else's gigantic anger against you when it is not against you, but actually against themselves. And you are just playing something in the movie of someone else, but you don't exactly know your role. And it's not your fault at all. And still you have to do something about it so that you can protect your life, the life of your loved ones and move on. I just would like to ask you a last question. How are your daughters now with all these relationships going on around? That's a good question. Unfortunately, the relationship with my daughters completely broke down. And um, I do have, the, uh, I write and I send postcards and presents and things to them. And um, I'll have two granddaughters, but uh, I've seen one as a baby just after my mum died. But um, I don't have a relationship with them that I would like to have. I'm still hanging on for hope there. And in fact, the collaborative book that I, I've just written earlier on, in this month, I decided to send to my younger daughter because I thought it would help her to understand why mum was as mum was at that time. Um, she was 13, 14. It was a, a really difficult time for her to see the turmoil that had been going on in the family. Um, and that particular chapter just deals with how being adopted had impacted me later on. Uh, the other book, I think I won't send to her because she has to want to read it. Um, I don't think it's fair to send it to her. I've changed her name in it. But if she did feel like reading it, I think she would just go, ah, oh, that's why. It doesn't deal with the abuse. It deals with my teens and 20s and difficult times that I went through then and, and, and just explains things a bit. But you can't make people want to have a relationship with you, but I'm hoping that as she grows older as well, that she realized that time short um, and how sad would it be if she left it too late and then wasn't able to have that relationship with me. I understand that too. I have two children. One of them live with me and the other one I don't know since he was two and a half years old. And right now he is 11. 
years old. I have no news, nothing, and I know how it feels like. And you know they are growing up. You know they imagine some weird lies about you because this is what is being said about you. And this is also why we come out. This is also why we speak up. This is also why we share our stories so that also our children and the other people who saw us without understanding what was going on may have closure and understand what actually happened and why we behaved that way. Mm. Yes, because from the outside looking in, it looks just looks totally, totally mad. There is no sense in it whatsoever. Yes, I know. I really congratulate you for coming out, speaking your truth, sharing your story, coming on different platforms, podcasts, books, video cast, YouTube, Facebook page, everywhere you can keep on going that route because not only are you going to inspire many, many people on their journey, but probably likely your daughter are going to just like listen up or have a watch and just what is she doing now? Yeah. yeah. Let me look her up in silence. I don't want her to know, but let me look her up. Yeah. I'm so different. I'm just a totally different person and I just wish she'd know that. And she will. Okay. So Caroline, how can people get a hold of you? Where do they find you online? Well, they can, they can hop onto TikTok. I'm on, on there as an author. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. And I think you've got all the links to that. Or they can pop into their local bookstore and they might pick up one of my books. So I'm in around and about both places. That's also great. And in the description of this, um, of this episode, there is all the links so that you make sure to connect with Carolyn and see how she can help you. All right. Thank you very much, Caroline. Thank you for being here today. And I really wish you a continued amazing journey. Thank you so much, Gemma. Appreciate it. Thank you.